black people walk like that because we have style, we got flavor, we got rhythm. I mean, the black man in America is the most copied man on this planet, bar none. Everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody want to be a nigga. How about that question? Hello, my lovers of liberty. You are now listening to Work. My name is Brent. And I'm Laurel. And we are working. Always, baby. Now, we have been out of the studio for a little while now. We didn't have an episode last week because, as you know, last Monday was a holiday. And here at work, just like any other occupation, we observe the holidays. Yes, we do. The business is closed. The secretary is out. The CEO is out on his yacht Mm -hmm. with his feet up. And we hope that everybody had a safe and jolly holiday before, you know, the world went to shit. Yep. I hope you all enjoyed it safely and with your family and loved ones and didn't blow yourself up with the fireworks. The fireworks that some of y'all are still out here popping in Brooklyn. I don't understand why. I wish y'all would cut it. Yeah. And in many other places in the city. And I wish you all would stop that shit late at night when I'm trying to sleep because a bitch got to get up to go to work. That being said, speaking of working, this week we thought it would be necessary to have a come to Jesus moment. Mm Mm-hmm. For us just to break things down and just kind of just take a couple of minutes out your week to just talk. Can we talk? Can we talk? Yes. Can we we talk? Yes, we can talk. Instead of us having our regular shenanigans of us, you know, dragging your fave or, you know, spilling gossip and talking about who's doing who, who's doing what and... Whatever, with whomever. Okay. We thought that it would just kind of, you know, we should just slow things down a little bit and just kind of sort of talk about the state that we are all in. Yes, because right now it is a sense and state of panic, terror, and chaos. And I'm not going to lie, I'm even afraid a little bit for my own self. I go out and I kind of do a little double take over my shoulder. And I really, you know, I know we've had this discussion before, but more than ever, I have just been praying like, Lord, cover me because you just never know. Like things are really getting out of hand. Innocent people are dying just because it's it's too much. It's too much. I honestly, after like everything that's happened this week with all of the innocent lives being taken, the protests, the, the police officers being killed in Dallas and I feel like all of this isn't even, like, sudden. No. I think a lot of what's been going on has been going on. It's just like a buildup. And it's not even that it's a buildup. It's just now we can't ignore it. We're at a point now where you cannot just turn your TV off and not see it because you open your phone and there it is. Yeah. We're at the point now where you walk into the street and there it is. Like, Malcolm X was right. The revolution won't be televised. It's going to be at your front porch. Yep. It's going to be right there. And you, it's going to say, hey, gonna, how you doing? It's going to be in your hand, in your phone, and then when you look up, it's going to be right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. Because the revolution is going to take over everywhere, and it's going to be in your backyard. And we just kind of sort of just want to kind of sort of take a moment to just... Reflect. And talk. Mm-hmm. And just listen. And just... I don't know. Just be with one another and come together in this sense of humbleness and humility 
And I think openness. I think all of us need to be open to ideas of positive solutions, um, not violent. And I know people will disagree with me and say that, you know, the only way they're going to listen is if we clap back. But that's not how they're going to listen, because at the end of the day, you're doing exactly what they want you to do, what they expect from you, what they see you as a thug. That's it. We have to be able to find solutions that work better in more creative ways because we're already original. We have to sit back and say, what can we do that's different from before, but an effective way for them to hear our voice without us being violent? I have to say, at first, when all of these occurrences started happening last week and people were dying, being murdered, and all of these personalities were coming out on Twitter and on the news and writing these think pieces and everybody had an opinion and everybody had an idea for a solution and everybody was just spewing all these ideas and just, just talk, talk, talk and these videos were coming up and I, I, I realized that they hear us. They hear our stories. These people are listening and they understand. They know that there is a clear difference from a white person being handled by cops from a black person being handled by the cops. They know there's a difference in the judicial system when a little boy can go up for the same charge as a white male and be tried as an adult and thrown into prison. They know that there is a pipeline for little black children to go into jails while there is another pipeline for white children to go off in universities and then go into the 1%. They know this. They know, they, they they, they see it. They're not blind to the to their racist acts. They're just fed up that we're not taking it no more. They are mad at the fact that we have the audacity to say enough is enough. And my whole thing that I've really been thinking about with all of this is because honestly, when when the shit really started to hit the fan, I really had nothing to say. Like, I wasn't really getting on Twitter. I wasn't really, like, tweeting anything. I wasn't really, like, talking about it as much because it was just traumatic. Like, America, all of us, not even just black people, we all have PTSD from the shit that our country has been through over the past, like, hundreds of years. We all need to have a mental health check because at this point, the egos and our thought process and just how we even, like, consume things when we look at things like we all are at a point where we all need to take a step back and kind of sort of check ourselves and i'm not at all saying that black people deserve this because we don't but we all have to kind of sort of look at one another as what can i do because it can't just be on black people right you cannot point the finger at black people and say you need to stand up straight and get from under this oppressor this is a thing that we all need to do together Together, because at this point, what is going to end up being is everything is going to be divided Mm -hmm. and that we're going to, and the demographics and the groups are going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And before you know it, honestly, it's going to end up being like black men together, black women together, white men together, white women together. And then within those groups is going to be black gay men together, black straight men together. Like, like everybody is kind of sort of just running to what they know, even within the black community. Yeah. If we really want to go there, if we want to talk about it. 
See, like this- D-Ray being arrested and him being such an outspoken advocate for black rights. For him to be scrutinized for being a gay man makes no sense to yeah, me. Yeah. Here you have a man who is literally fighting for your life, for your rights, along with thousands of other people who and who is not afraid to get out there and be jailed or possibly even lose his life at this point. Because who knows what's going to happen at these protests and rallies because the police don't give a fuck. The mayors are leaving the city because they know that we about to turn up. It's like, and here he is fighting and people want to talk about where he puts his dick. Now isn't the time to make a joke. And like right now isn't the time for you to bring up someone's sexuality and use that against them while we're trying to fight a much bigger like thing. Like, exactly. Because at the end of the day, when a cop, a white person, uh, a KKK member, whoever this like evil villain is, you are up against at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. When they see us, they're not going to see a black gay, no, atheist male or who, like whatever like you know you want to call yourself that day. They are going to see a nigga. Yep. And that yep. is what we all will look like to them. And I really feel like we need to stay focused. Yes. Stay. Focused. The media is trying to spin these stories. They're trying to derail our attentions. Turn the news off and know and and trust and know that what you believe to be true and listen to that. Stop looking at the news and waiting for somebody else to tell you what to believe or what the fact is. I don't need anybody giving me research to go up against what I I know. know. And here's what I know. Growing up, my dad was a huge movie buff. And he had all these movies. Literally, if you came to my house, our basement was just like a wall filled with like movies. Any movie you could ever think of from like new releases that came out this past week to things that are like 40, 50 years old. And so growing up, I used to just, you know, if I wasn't like doing anything, I used to just go up to that wall and just grab a movie and I would watch it. And my dad had everything like he didn't have like just black movies or just white movies or like just like romantic films he had everything like i can remember watching school days and coolie high and like psycho and silence of the lambs and forrest gump all within the same day like discovering all these great movies like all within the same day and i used to look at like anthony hopkins and like brad pitt and and like leonardo dicaprio and 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 all these other like great white actors and look at them and be like you know i want to do that like, I want to be that badass hot guy in the movie. Like, I want to do that. And the more and more that I would watch movies and the older that I got, I would start to see that these roles that I really wanted to play weren't being depicted by black men. Mm-hmm. And the roles that were being depicted by black men were movies that no one ever really heard of or that weren't really all that great because the budget lacked or the writing wasn't all there because they weren't getting as much money as these other white movies. And honestly, I can like remember kind of sort of thinking to myself, well, I have to like scale that dream back. Mm -hmm. Like I can be an actor, but I just can't be that actor. I can't be that guy in the movie who gets to be the, the, the hero, the ingenue, the protagonist and like all these things within the same movie. And I would have to settle for being, you know, the romantic interest or bro man number three. And as ridiculous of an example that that is, 
That just goes to show the messages that can be sent just by race on any level, no matter how minuscule it is. Like I look at my nieces and nephews and I can only imagine what it is that they are thinking because we are literally right back where we started. These modern day police killings and shootings are no different from the lynch mobs mm-hmm. and the and and how people used to hear back in the back in the day how so and so's nephew is hanging from a tree and everybody yep. gather around and go look. Yep. Everybody let's pull him down and bury him. The, yeah. We are right back where we were and now is a time more than ever where we really need to open our eyes and look around us and start to believe that to be true because it is really easy to get caught up into what the TV is selling you because mm-hmm. we can avoid racism and we can pretend that race doesn't really matter. But even when we go home and I'm with my black family, I can turn on the TV and I'm still, I am still being attacked by it Yeah, because even just the messages that the commercials send or yeah. even like just a, like within this past week, the red cross put out that um ad for what's safe to do at a pool and what's not safe to do. And they had these pictures of, you know, little children pushing other kids into the pool, but the children who were doing all the bad things were black and they were put over the children, not cool, not cool. And all the little white kids were doing the right thing and they were putting cool, cool. It's shit like that. It's the little itty bitty things. And you know what's really sad about all of it? is I don't even think that most of the time these organizations are putting out these racial images and messages on purpose. They're doing it subconsciously because it's just what they know. It's difficult because I don't think we can ever really get to a point where we just don't see color because that's not even a point to where I want to be. I want you to see that I am black and for that, I don't want you to judge me or treat me any differently. See that I'm a black man. See Mm -hmm. it. See that I'm black. See that I am gay. See that I am gorgeous. But that don't mean you got to come and hate on me. See how I put I was gorgeous in that? You know what? It's so (laughs) crazy is like when I was young, you know, growing up in a family where it's a mixed family, you know, my father is black, mother is white. She always stressed to me as when I was a young kid to love myself and embrace myself. And she always used to make a point. You have the best of both worlds. So you have to learn how to appreciate both sides. And that doesn't make you better than the next person. But you have to remember that, you know, and she always just used to stress that to me. And I never really understood why she kind of made it such a point until I started to get a little older. You know, my mom always wanted the best for me. And growing up in the South, it still was kind of at a time where, like, blacks and whites, like, uh, like it's kind of like you don't really see that. I mean, you see more of it now, but, I mean, then that wasn't really the case. And my mom moved me, well, moved us to this area, and the school was predominantly white. And I just remember that, like this one story, like this this time, this girl just told me I couldn't even draw with the peach color. We were drawing a picture of our family, and she told me that I couldn't use that because I'm not white, because I'm black. And I can't tell you many times people would make fun of my hair that I felt awful. I just felt like an outcast, and sometimes I felt like I never fit in. And I had kids try to tell me, oh, like, why are you so, like, if I would do certain things, you know, they've depicted what I was doing as being ghetto, you know, but yet it's those same kids that are 
doing that the most, those white kids who are doing it the most, that they're listening to those rap songs and know every single freaking lyric. And, you know, at one point it even hurt me to the point that I made my mom get me a relaxer to the point that my hair actually fell out. And it's, it's such a shame that we decide to show these young kids that it's not okay to be you. That it's not okay to have darker skin and it be fair. But the thing is, is that we have to teach each other what love is. If we don't all come together and teach each other what love is, we're not going to know how to go out to face the problems that are ahead of us. It goes back to what you know, you were saying, Brent, it's about what we know. The older generation knows the fact that because your skin is darker, because your hair might be a little, you know, kinkier, and because you have all these other odds against you that people are going to be ostracizing you to be something beneath them or below them. We need to teach our children how to love that part of them because that is the best part of them. Speaking of children, I think it's also important that when we have conversations with them about what's going on, we talk to them like they're competent. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I was, I've, I've been, I was reading some things and they were in like articles about like how to talk to your child about police brutality. And they were, and they were kind of like dumbing these things down. And I just don't want us to get into the habit of kind of sounding like victims. Beyonce released a statement on her website and she said something that really resonated with me and I just want to quote it. She said, we don't need sympathy. We need everyone to respect our lives. And that stood out to me the most because I feel like a lot of times when we talk about all these injustices or like when people tell stories that are similar to mine about how I grew up and I didn't really see that reflection of myself on the TV and it kind of messed with me a little bit. People always look at that as, oh, that's your boo-hoo story. No, that's not my boo-hoo story. I'm just trying to let you know why I take everything that is within me to fight for what I want and what I believe is mine. Mm -hmm. I don't want your sympathy. I don't need you to feel bad for me, but I want you to understand that when I get up, if you knock me down, you better kill me. Because if I get yeah. up, <laughs> you're going to need my sympathy. And it's getting to the point now where every time that I hear about another black man being slain by police officers, I kind of almost, in a way, stand up a little taller because there's really a hit out on African-Americans in our country mm -hmm. and knowing that in a way makes me stand a little taller as morbid as that sounds like people really want to see us fail. Mm -hmm. They want to see us dead. And that pushes me. I don't know. Like I'm at the point, like I used to like really, really like fall into this almost like, sad and depressed state even just as this was happening now that within this past week I was kind of sort of like binging myself off of things because I felt like this is what I probably should do like I need to like you know stop get off social media I should probably you know go home and like be in my thought and I feel like that isn't what life is about like I can't slow down and and, and stop 
because the, honestly, that's probably what they want us to do. They brought, they probably want us to see these men being killed yeah. and they want us to take our black asses inside and sit down when now is the time for us to stand up a little taller. You know, it's kind of like that saying goes, you don't have to like me, but you will respect me and you will hear me because I have a voice and I will say what needs to be said. I'm sorry, what needs to be said. And I will do what needs to be done because at the end of the day, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And people know what they're doing. As you said once before, you know, I have, I have a lot of cousins that are mixed. A lot of the the women on the white side of my family married black men. And I now have young cousins and a young brother, you know, who is going to be coming up in this generation of hate. And, you know, my prayer for them is that they're being taught. And I'll make sure that at least my brother knows that he is more than just the color of his skin. That he is more than just some human being. No, he was here. He was brought here for a purpose. That they were brought here for for a purpose. And it's up to them to lead this revolution to where the world is not based upon what the color of your skin is going to be. And yes, I know that that's probably never going to happen. But at least if I can just teach them a little bit about how to self-love themselves then maybe they'll be encouraged to not go out here and be in fear of what's going on in the world around them. Hell, I'm trying to teach myself how to not even be in fear. Hell, with all this going on, sometimes it even makes me think, do I even want to have a kid? But I can't I can't sit here and live fearfully that potentially I'm stopping what God may really have for me because I'm too worried about the problems of the world. And I don't think that you're alone in those feelings that you have. I'm pretty sure there were a lot of people just like you who weren't able to focus at all this week. There probably were people who weren't even able to like concentrate at work or like because a lot happened this past week. Mm -hmm. There was a murder every day. Yeah, there was. And there were videos. And these videos were auto playing on so many people's timelines. So many people were Mm -hmm. affected by that i was in the gym one day mm-hmm. and they and cnn kept replaying and replaying and replaying that alton video and it was even to the point where i was kind of sort of getting frustrated because yeah. it was just like why are you guys exploiting this man like this because yeah. i was even listening to the things that they were saying and they kind of sort of were moving on from talking about his death and we're just kind of sort of talking about other racial issues that were going on and um, protests and things. But the, but the camera and the frame that was on the TV was the video. You didn't even see the anchors. It was just the video. And at some point we have to turn that TV off. We cannot keep torturing ourselves like this. My heart aches for those people and their families because this moment, their lives will forever be in our history. Mm-hmm. This entire week, no one's going to forget. Nope. People will remember where they were and what they were doing when they heard about each of these men and women dying. And this week's episode is a short episode, and we apologize. But we just wanted to have a moment to talk. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's important to just talk. 
And I'm sure there are people out there who have not protested. And maybe all you did was talk and know that just because you kept the conversation going, you're fighting right along with the rest of the world. Yeah. I mean, hell, like at one point I was like, you know, I want to get out there and I want to go protest. But honestly, it's like, I'm not going to lie. I got scared because for once I'm like, oh my God, like people are literally dying every day. What if like the day that I decide to go out there and like I protest that I don't even get to say goodbye to my mom. And honestly, it makes me want to tear up and cry right now, especially for all these people who've lost their lives like along the way for fighting for something that they believe in. And it just, it it really hurts me. And I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting like emotional because we have to find a solution. And I hope that you all can come together and you can pray together and you can lift your brother and your sister up together. Because right now we need each other. This isn't a time to be fighting over some dumb shit. This isn't a time to be, oh, you owe me $20, so I need that. No, no. Right now is the time to encourage and empower each other. Because if we don't, we're all going to fail. And if we fail, we're going to fail together. But it's time that we stand up together. If you can't do it for yourself, find the hope to do it for maybe someone that you love. For your child, maybe a younger sister, a younger brother. Because we need this. We need each other. And right now, it seems like hope is dimming. But we need to bring it back with one another. And with that being said, you can find more information about this podcast at workpodcast.com. You can follow this podcast on Twitter and SoundCloud at WorkPod. You can also stream us every single week, every day, every minute, every hour. On iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, rate, tell a friend. And if you ever want to reach out and find out more about us, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at O'Brent. Laurel is a mess, but I can tell you where you can find her. You can find her at Forever Laurel, and that is Forever, L-A-U-R-E-L-L-E. And as we always say, each and every single week, dreams don't work. Unless you do.